And amen, amen. So God has a word of healing for us. At the end of this service, we will be receiving communion because I believe God uh, starts that way with the exchange. We exchanging our weakness for his strength. And so uh, that's what we'll do as the altar call, so to speak, for this time of ministry. But God began to, to share some things with me about probably about six months ago. And he told me to tell you some things tonight. He said he's coming before this end time move of God is completed. He will have a perfected bride. He will have a mature bride without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. This will be a work, a sovereign work of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is a work that God wants to do individually to each person in their hearts. And so the Lord was sharing with me some things to tell you that he wants you to be aware of. Number one, he says you are a gift, but you live in an earthen vessel. You're a gift, but you live in an earthen vessel. He said many times when we find that that there's something lacking in us or there's something we're waiting for, we always think we need more power. We think we need more of God. And he said the gift is never the problem. The power's not the problem. He said, in fact, there is no problem, but it's time for restoration. It's time for his bride to be restored. So this season, he is coming to repair and restore the earthen vessel because he says you have gone far enough and long enough carrying some of the burdens you carried, carrying some of the fragments that you carried, carried some of the fears that you've carried. Some of you have residue from loss and residue from calamity in your lives. And God wants to heal that, restore that, and repair that so that when he places this end-time anointing into your, your spirit, you will be able to carry it unhindered, unfettered, un, unrestrained. He will have full control and full power and full authority. There are some things yet the Lord wants to do in this earth. There will come an end time harvest of souls into the kingdom of God like we have never seen before. And he wants us to be successful in it. He wants us to be joyful in it. He wants us to rejoice in it. He doesn't want us to be burdened through it. He doesn't want us to stop halfway through it because we can't handle it anymore and we can't take it anymore. So tonight he told me to tell you it's time. It's time for us to begin to release everything to the Lord and let him do the work in us he has longed to do from the foundation of the earth. He told me to tell you he's not a flipper. Know what a flipper is? Flip this house. He doesn't do a quick work and turn you over. He's a restorer. So he wants to do the perfect work, the work that he saw The completed you that he saw before the foundation of the earth, before the devil got involved in everything and messed everything up, hit you upside the head with trauma, disappointment, discouragement, fear, everything that has damaged and hindered the soul of his bride. He is coming to restore and repair us to our our first glory that he saw in us before the foundation of the earth. He had a picture of you and he had a picture of me. That was so glorious, he can't stand to see us go burdened any longer. 
He can't stand to see us going halfway, just making it through, doing our thing for the glory of God. And I love Jesus, and he sees us limping, and he sees us barely making. He sees us stretch. He sees us without enough money. He sees us without enough help. He sees us waiting on open doors. He sees us doing all of these things, and he says, tonight is your night to let it all go and let me have it so that I can remake you into the image that I've always wanted you to be. When the Lord told me to to share this, I told the Lord, I can't tell these people this stuff because I was embarrassed. Still a little bit, you know, working through it. He's helping me. But you know what he told me? And this is something that God is going to do with all of us. He's going to take us back to the days when he first found us. Remember them fun days when all you did was set up and read your Bible all day long and took that book everywhere and Jesus was all there was you cared about? And when I told him, I said, Lord, I'm embarrassed. He said, Barb, you know there's no shame in my righteousness game. That's, that's a title of a sermon that I just did. He gave it back to me. Now this is what this is the the interesting part. You know how when you when you're in a hurry and you put a sermon together and you say, "Hmm, title, give me a title. Let me see what should I call." Ah, there's no shame in this righteousness. And so I didn't know if I thought it up, he thought it up, he liked it, he didn't like it, but he gave my stuff back to me. You understand what I'm saying? And so the joy started to return to me of what God was doing in my life, and I began to to rejoice and and to feel good and to feel glad and feel like I said oh God you done took about 10 years off of me just with that one huh remembering the days when when there was nothing but joy and nothing but gladness and nothing but in lightheartedness before God before I got burdened with all of the work of the ministry and all the other stuff that we say we're doing for God he said, that's all well and good. He said, and I love y'all for that. He said, but I've got a better plan for you. I've got a glorious plan for you. I've got a plan of restoration. So the things that God is coming for, he says that he is coming. <clears throat> okay, let me slow down a little bit. He's coming for the things that slow us down. He's coming for from for shame, guilt, fear, self-consciousness, regret, unworthiness, pride, rebellion, accusation, where the enemy's told you you're not this, you're not that, and it's worn you down. Little bit by little bit this things this stuff wears us down. Worthlessness, self-sufficiency, flight, withdrawal, quitting, fatigue, Distancing, self-pity. He's coming for physical limitations, physical problems, sickness, aging, limitations of intellect, all of those things. He's coming to heal, restore, repair so that we can get released from them and move forward to receive the end time anointing. To be able to carry it without the devil threatening us. We won't be beheaded in this thing. You understand? We'll keep everything intact, nothing missing, nothing broken. We won't have to sacrifice much because God sees the sacrifice of our offering ourselves to him without limitation or without restriction. 
We are the offering. Giving yourself freely and totally to God is what he wants us to do. And so God is putting us into a season of restoration, folks, like he has never done it before. Never done it before. He says this. He says, number one, your dance card has to be empty. In other words, you can't be busy, too busy. You can't drop him and go find things to do. When he calls you away to him, you must go, just like a bride going to her groom. When he calls you away, you have to follow because he has important things for you to do. Whatever you think you have to put on hold, it will wait. It will be there because God's in control. He'll hold it down for you. He says if you choose this better part, it will never be taken away from you. He wants us to sit at his feet and don't look so much at his hand. He wants you to look up into his face. He said when you see my face, you'll get what's in my hand. He said he doesn't want people so focused on things. He wants them focused on him and the transformation that he has for us as a people. We're going to be totally changed, totally transformed, upside down from where we are now. The things that cause us pain, the things that cause us regret, the things that cause us misgiving will never be a problem anymore. He says you must decide to live. He says he will put gifts upon us. And he will give us an anointing that we have never seen before. He said it will come and it will rest and it will remain. And we'll know what to do under this anointing. He requires our full surrender. He says I can work with you but not without full surrender first. So the part where it says the bride prepares herself, that's what you do. You surrender totally. That's your only preparation. See, we're always worried about what do I have to give up? What do I have to say? What do I have to stop doing? Nothing. Just let him have full control. Let him call the shots for a change. Let him do what he knows needs to be done in each and every one of us. These are things that we long to be freed for, from, and we don't know how to get free from them. Some of them are worries and concerns about children and grandchildren and how we're going to manage this and how we're going to how to pray for this and how to pray for that. And God says, you don't have to worry about those things anymore. He said, if you let me have full control and lift these things off of you, then you will know for a certainty that all of that is coming to you like Amos 913. It'll be a season like you've never seen before, a season of expectation of good. He says, I am your expected end. You don't have to try and figure out what you're expected in. He says, I am your expected end. He says, your name is already written. The end of your book is already written. All you have to do is hook up with me the right way, and you'll walk into the goodness and the greatness that I have for you. And so God wants us to trust him like never before. And this will be a season where just letting everything go. Don't try to figure out how he's going to do it. Don't try to figure out where he's going to do it. But he will, he will do this work himself because he knows it's needed. He says we don't have to try to be put together anymore. Huh? We can just trust him and be ourselves. We don't have to look together for anybody else. 
We don't have to make sure we got our confession right when we get around the saints. We don't have to try and make sure we fit into this camp or that camp or get this bishop or that bishop or somebody lay hands on us or somebody to prove. He said, I'm approving of you this time. When you get in this season, I'm your approval. I give you that step and seal of approval and it's done. He said, and you'll go in the doors that I tell you to go in, and the ones you think are good doors, I'll shut them right in your face because I have a better plan for you, is what the Lord is saying. He says he has come to work on us as earthen vessels. He's going to fix broken things. He's going to mend breaches. He's going to make total restoration of everything that the enemy has stolen from us will be restored more than sevenfold. He says your joy will be full in this season because he was restoring us and making us whole. Our fragmented souls will be gathered together. We'll be get, he will give us healing from losses, death, divorce, and rejection and betrayal. He's going to heal all of that. He has to do it because we don't even know what needs to be done, most of us. Amen. We know it's something. We can't tell you what it is. If we knew what to call it and how to call it out, (laughs) that won't work anyway. I've been trying that. It ain't working. So this is something you have to surrender to as a sovereign work of God. Like Joseph in prison, he surrendered to the plan of God. Jesus in the garden surrendered to the plan of God. We must commend our spirits to him and abandon all plans and past understanding because he is a faithful creator. We're going to be like Sarah who judged him faithful and conceived. Everybody who judges him faithful will conceive. Not only conceive, we'll bring it to pass. It won't fail. It'll be the right thing at the right time in your life. We will be like Abraham who left Ishmael for Isaac, and then God called on us to leave Isaac for the better sacrifice for him. And so we will be trusting, trusting, trusting God over and over and over again in different areas so that he can come in and do the work of restoration. He saw us as a completed bride. He saw us as a whole person. He didn't see us as a person managing With so many trials and so many heavinesses, so many prayers that are yet to be answered, and it's weighing us down. He saw us as a complete bride who is free, without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. We will have a time of purification like Esther had. Esther was 12 months with oil of myrrh, and oil of myrrh is a a skin cleanser that rubs all the blemishes off. And then she was six months with perfume. He's got to work out blemishes, hurts, wounds, pains, things that we carry, griefs and sorrows. He's got to deliver us from those things and then put the perfume on. Then put the things that we, you know, you know for yourself, if you put perfume on before you take a shower, it ain't working, right? So he's got to do the same thing. (laughs) I know that's right. He would do the same thing that we would do in the natural He will do that in the realm of the spirit. We need to have burdens lifted from us. Some of us have been through hell three and four times and haven't seen a reward for it yet. Well, God says he's restoring us so that we can get the reward and we can enjoy the reward this time. It won't be taken away from us. Like Mary, if we'll sit at his feet 
and allow him to do the things that he wants to do and receive the better part, then we will receive what it is that the Lord has for us. God is going to lift the veil so that we'll be able to see things like he sees things. There are people that he wants us to minister to. And until we appreciate them more as human beings, we won't be able to do the ministry he wants us to do. And so what he's going to do is he's going to remove things within us that keep us from being free to reach out to people and keep us from, from feeling that we'll, we'll minister in the pure love of God and the anointing and the power that raises them up to a new person that looks just like us. We're going to see people that we once looked at and looked down at, so to speak. We don't want to admit that, but we do that a little bit. feel sorry for them. We're going to see them as equal with us and then gaining stature above us. We're going to see them the way God really sees humanity. And it will be a change for us. We'll really appreciate the humanity in one another. And we'll begin to appreciate the divinity in one another. We'll respect one another to a greater degree. We'll expect gifts and callings. We won't have much to do with people who aren't gifted and called because those people won't be part of our crowd. They're going to, we're going to be the part of the end time bride of Christ, the one who is called out, the one who is selected by God and who has received her orders from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so God wants to do, amen, God wants to do a work in us so that he can heal us and restore us and be with us in every Everything that we do. There are a couple of things, other things he told me to tell you. That number one, you are a gift in an earthen vessel. He is coming to repair and restore the earthen vessel. You are in right now a season of restoration. Whether you realize it or not. You're in a season of repair and healing. Where God is pouring in the balm. The healing balm. You can feel it even in certain atmospheres when we get into worship here. You can hear the feel the settling in of a cloud, a glory cloud that just comes and kind of envelops you and makes you feel comfortable. It makes you feel accepted and loved. And God is going to increase that. That must increase in all of our meetings. Whenever we get together, there will be healing, more healing, tangible healing in the atmosphere. All things are new in God. He is a restorer. You are making yourself ready by total surrender. Jesus, your king, will do the rest. So all you have to do is say, yes, Lord, I want it. And he's right there to do the restoration work. Those of you who have been serving the Lord 20 and more years, he says, you are the most dangerous people on the face of the earth. Amen. And this is, this, I'm not flattering you, I'm just giving you what God gave me. Because I can't hold it back if he gave me to give you. He said, but you are the most dangerous people on the face of the earth. He said, but you are also the most vulnerable. Now let me tell you why. You're dangerous because you've been chomping at the bit to get to this point. You see the earth filled with the glory of the knowledge of the Lord like the waters. You don't see small, you see big. You don't see one little little person saved, you see a whole nation and a whole neighborhood. You see the big thing that God sees when he pours out his glory. You see that. 
And he said, because you see that, you give everything to run toward it. He said, but your vulnerability will make you a target for the enemy if he doesn't restore you first. He said, you're vulnerable because you don't care about you. You died to you a long time ago. All you care about is whatever God has on the plate for you. And you're running so fast toward it. If the enemy snags you, he'll get that sensitive underbelly that's on every. You understand what I'm saying? And so he says he's going to pull back to restore his bride. He's pulling back a little to restore us so that when we see the finish line and we start running toward it, we're invincible, we can't be stopped, we can't be ripped apart, we can't be torn apart, we can't be uh, stopped by the enemy telling us we don't know enough, we're not worthy enough, we're not great enough, we're not on television, we're not this, we're not that. We won't be stopped because he will remove all of the things that the enemy can snag and snare us on. He's going to get us to the point where we just go straight forward. He said the finish line is not a a place in time where it has nothing to do with your chronological age. The finish line is the whole earth filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And most of you in here have touched into it a little bit. You've seen visions of it. You know it's necessary. And you know we don't have enough right now to take This nation, this city, this anything for God. We make a little progress and we rejoice in it, but somehow there's a hunger in you for more, 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 more. And that drive for more, 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 more is what keeps us going forward. We can taste it. We can feel it. We know it's close. We know it's coming. We know it's imminent. And so in that respect, we are dangerous, but also we are vulnerable. But God is going to put an invincibility on us that the enemy won't be able to stop. When one of us has to take a time out for fatigue or whatever, the other one, like Amos 9.13, will start to tromp right over top and just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And we'll lay down and we'll heal our brother and we'll get him up and keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. An invincible army like in Joel. Amen. March on the city, run on the walls, take a uh, run over a fence like a troop. We'll be able to come come into this place in God where we know the invincibility of God and we won't fatigue and we won't falter and we won't be stopped. God will use whatever he needs to use to get us to turn aside and see like Moses did. Remember, Moses saw the bush. He turned aside from his busyness, from his busy schedule, from his career, from the family demands, all of that he turned aside to see what God was doing and his life was forever changed just with that one movement of turning aside. And so God is going to do a work in us to cause us to be recreated from the inside out. Esther's cleansing is going to be the same with us. We're going to have a a time of cleansing, of allowing God to help us and restore us and make us whole in every respect. I went through a period recently. It started about six months ago, I think it was. And God began to uh, allow me to see some things that I had not seen before in myself. Not hard things, not hurtful things. God is is a God of love, and he does everything that he does with love. 
it was kind of interesting the way he showed me how he ministers. I was uh, just in a, a vision with God, and, and he was sharing some things with me. And I saw him, like I, my background in the, in the world was hospital work. And I worked as a nurse, and I also worked as a technician in a lab in the hospital. And I saw Jesus sitting at a, a workstation, like in a lab. And at one point, it looked like he had on a lab coat, and then at another point, it looked like he had on a robe. So it kept fluctuating between a lab coat and a robe, and you know how visions are. You just He grabs your attention with that. And he turned around, and he told me, he said, I don't know why people are so afraid of me. He said, you like the Holy Spirit, so you like the way he makes the atmosphere feel good and all that kind of stuff. He says, I want people to trust me more. And so he showed me a little vial that he had in his hand. And he said, would you tell them that whatever I do in their lives, I always apply this first. And I said, what is that? And it looked like, remember uh, old school, where is Jackie Ingram? Is she here? She puts these things on Facebook on her page. Do you remember this? And I always say, nah, I ain't old enough. Do I remember it? I got it in my kitchen, right? You know, most of you got just bought some. No, no. but anyway, she had this old bottle of tincture of methylator, mercurochrome. Is an ugly brother mercurochrome, right? And so <laughs> the Lord showed me about it looked like that. And remember, Mercurochrome, it had that that glass rod in there, and they would take it. And when you saw that bad boy coming, you ran like everything because it burned. That stuff is like 40% alcohol. And not only that, but that little hard glass thing, oh, Lord, Mama, please don't. You screamed, and four people had to hold you down. But I'm going to tell you what, they didn't cut your leg off. It didn't get infected. You walked out of there, you you know, you were burning, but you were whole. And the Lord said this to me. He said, most of my people act like that. Like I'm going to apply something that's going to burn and going to hurt. He said, but this is not what they think it is. You know what he called it? He said, it's tincture of love. He said, and I apply this first to everything that I do. He said, and I won't hurt you. I won't harm you. He said, I'll be able to heal you in such a way that you will know that I love you. In fact, greater love will come as I heal you. And greater love will come as you yield to me. And a greater love will come as you allow me to do the work in you that I long to do, is what the Lord is saying. And so I took that and I said, Lord, I'll believe that. And so my season of of healing started with some people that I was connected with on Facebook, a lot of them men, you know, when people see your picture on Facebook, they like you, you know, and you (laughs) like them. (laughs) So (laughs) there was one one gentleman, and and he just was funny. You know, he's kind of interesting, and I would push like. You know, some people you push like and you go, comment uh, you start to share and one day I told the Lord I said I like him and then I heard like you you know when you're you scratch the needle off the 
record. <laughs> <laughs> And God told me two words, and I'll tell you the same two words. It's time. huh? It's time. Because my saying I liked him caused a disturbance on the inside of me. And, you know, this, this person is not the right person for me nor I for them for a number of reasons. You know, you try to discourage people and you give them the standard. You know, I got shoes older than you. And I think I'm wearing them, but I'm bump. I got credit cards older than you. And I'm maxed out on most of them, but I'm bump. <laughs> if this was 40 years ago, I'd be arrested. Orange is a new black doing the perp walk, you know. Them. <laughs> you know, you're pulling your best up. <laughs> And the brother's still, you know, I say, no, wait a minute, God. And I said this to the Lord. He said, I told him, I said, I thought we weren't going to like anybody else. Huh? And he said, it's time. It's time. When he said it's time, I saw this by the Spirit. It was like I was a boxer in a ring. And God did this, and he did this to me. And he took me away into a place of healing and restoration. I can tell you I've had three major things that he's done to heal me almost immediately. You can trust this. You can trust it. It'll be for your own good. And he told me this. He said, you and I never discussed the end of your life. He said, I've always had your days and your years in the palm of my hand. He said, but you never came to me. And I said, now, wait a minute, God, (laughs) you know, begging to differ with you. And he reminded me of a dream he gave me, and it was just really maybe three months after my husband passed away. It's been 12 years ago now. 12 years ago. Now it's time. You got me? When it's time, it's time. When it's time, you deal with things. Was it time back then? You mean you wasted 12 years? I don't know about that, and I don't care, but now it's time. You understand me? You can't. We're not having regrets here. We're not going back here. We're not beating ourselves because we didn't listen to God. Those days are over, honey. You understand what I'm saying? That is so over as far as I'm concerned because I know he's a loving God. When he says it's time, that means now it's time. For the restoration of all things. Now it's time for me to be what he created me to be before the foundation of the earth. And that's all that's important to me. How I got here, I could care less. What I didn't do right, I could care less about. But what I care about is what he has for me in the now and going forward in my future to fix things that he knows need to be fixing. He gave me a dream and I saw my husband coming into the throne room to talk to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was very worked up and nervous. And and he said, you got to get her a husband. Find her a husband. you got to get her a husband. And he was in that mode. Pastor Shirley called it Betty Davis. Pita, pita, pita. You remember Betty Davis, the actress? 
And we all laughed about it. My husband laughed about it. We used to say it behind his back, and then he caught us, and we just. (laughs) But he was like that. Pastor Shirley knows what I'm talking about. And he was bugging the Lord, and I'm thinking, why is he bugging Jesus like that? And so instead of listening to what God had to tell me, and this is this will help prophets, <laughs> visionaries, all of us who know everything, us kind of people. Instead of asking the Lord to show me what he was trying to tell me, I took attitude. Hmm? Well, who does he think he is going telling Jesus on me? Huh? Like I can't live without no husband. I can't live without him. I'm down here. You understand what I'm saying? Attitude. And so what the Lord told me at this point that he wanted to tell me was that to be assured that my husband was with him. And to tell me that I did a good job praying for him to be saved and to know the Lord. And he was pleased with that. Amen. See, I missed all of that. The healing that that will bring to you. You understand me? The healing that that brings to you is unbelievable. When you have doubted what could I have done, he wanted to be healed. He didn't get healed. Do you understand me? That needed to be done then. He had that for me then. The other thing is that I felt that what I needed to do was what I call bad juju <laughs> or bibbity bobbity boo. Take your pick, whichever witchcraft you like. <laughs> <laughs> but see, prophetic people can do this kind of stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Just in a hurry, you've got to do something to reverse something and get something straight. And, and so he uh, he told me, he said, your husband is here with me. And I thought when he showed that to me, I looked down at my, my hand and I was still wearing my wedding band and his band on my ring finger. And I looked, I said, oh, well, I don't want to be creepy. So I just moved it over a finger and didn't talk to the Lord about anything. Just bibbidi-bobbidi. Our little prophetic moves that we do. That we think are anointed and think are accomplishing something. I'm just being honest with y'all. You know, we can get caught up in ourselves. Fixing everything ourselves. Having to have all the answers. Not only for everybody else, but ourselves as well. It gets tiring after a while. You understand what I'm saying? You just get tired. And sometimes you have nothing else to pull up from out of the inside of you, and God's got to heal something, put some things together. And so the Lord told me this and to tell you this. He said, when you have a loss, a major trauma in your life, he said, it's like taking a treasured, expensive vase and throwing it against a concrete wall. And it shatters and the fragments are falling. He said, in, in, in a human being tries in their own strength to piece the fragments back together again. Because you want to keep going. You don't want to fall apart. You don't want to be a basket case. You don't want everybody feeling sorry for you. You don't want everybody coming to you asking you, how you doing? And so you 
put the thing together again. He said it's like taking crazy glue and trying to put together an expensive piece of pottery with crazy glue. He said, and then when the temperature's turned up, the glue kind of melts and you fall apart again. He said, or you get to a place where you feel a little bit better and you keep going. He said, I want that to stop. He said, I want it to stop in everybody. He said, that is not my best for my children. He said, and that is not what I want my bride to be like. He said, you are not going to be put together with crazy glue. He said, I am the lover of your soul. I have the fragments. I can put them back the right way so that you're whole and complete, nothing missing, nothing broken. The shalom of God, the total peace of God where you don't care about anything but spending your time with me because you know more is coming, more wholeness is coming. He said, the anointing's no problem. He said, I've got the power. He said, I know how to put the power on you. I know how to get it to lift. I know how to get you in places where a certain amount of power is needed. I know how to pull it back when I need. He said, I know all of that. He said, but what I want is I want a bride who will totally yield to me and allow me to put her back together again the way I saw her before the foundation, before the damage of the devil. He said, I call you to great things before you sinned. I called you to great things before you failed. I call you to great things before you had loss, before you had trauma, before you had all that stuff. I called you to greatness and I still call you. I don't have to change my plan because of anything that happened in your life. He said, you don't get a diminished ministry because you're wounded. You don't get a ministry of... You know, to drug addicts only because you were on drugs. You don't get that kind of stuff. You get what I told you you're supposed to have before the foundation of the earth. He said, you'll be like Paul. Paul said, I know how to be abased and I know how to, to abound. He said, I fit everywhere God sends me because I'm whole inside. I'm intact. Nothing is missing and nothing is broken. Everything is there for me that I need from the Lord. God's coming for this self-consciousness that we have sometimes there are whole groups of people who don't feel that they want god's best for them because of years of feeling inferior and years of feeling like nobody wanted to be around them and nobody really loved them the way they need to be loved he said when i start putting you back together again you won't know yourself he said you'll even look different to yourself in the mirror in the natural he said you won't know yourself Because I will put you together in such a way that you will be invincible to the haunts of the enemy. The things that the devil tells us that we sit and listen to for a minute. You know, I found myself when you when you're grieving the loss of someone, you get all these ideas from people. Oh, you know, the first year you can expect this. And then the second year gets a little. So I found myself counting years. And then pretty soon you start to wonder what the next year is going to be and what the next year is going to be. And you start to get fearful about your future. And the Lord told me, he said, if you keep doing that, he said, the devil's going to start getting your attention with symptoms, with illness, with infirmity. He said, and pretty soon it's going to go downhill, downhill, downhill. He said, if you don't let me have this and help you, huh? He said, he said, the scripture that you, you love, I hold your soul in life. 
He said, if I don't hold your soul and get you healed and pull your fragments together and reconstruct and do everything and make you glorious and beautiful the way I want you to be. He said, your soul is not held in life with your your own control. It's held in death. He said, and the enemy will come and pluck you off with a weird idea about sickness or about if you don't do this, this is going to happen to you. And if you don't do, he said, I'll get you to the place where those thoughts you don't even consider. He said, you'll be like Abraham who considered not. So I got a new last name. I'm Barbara Consider Not. Huh? Consider not. Don't even think about it. It doesn't even register in your head. It doesn't even register. You know, if you get a symptom, I used to sit up and, and think about it. I said, well, you know what, Lord, that that could be me. When they talk about, you know, if you have these warning signs and, you know, take your pulse 15 times. And, ooh. He said, you better stop that. He said, and when I get finished restoring you, you won't even have a mind to consider those things. He said, nothing will cause you to stop going forward in what I want you to do. He said, I need to put the fragments of your soul together the way they need to be put together so the consider not will be a, a real thing for you. You won't think for one minute. You know, I've always had this thing. I go to the doctor when God tells me he's never sent me. Except to the dentist, because I'm kind of, I don't want nobody else's teeth. I'm just, you know, I just want my own so I can work on. You know what I'm saying, that kind of stuff. But it, but I need to get my faith there, and I know that. But until then, he helps me with that and the natural things. But I don't consider going to the doctor. I just walk in divine health. And I've always, and then the enemy said, well, Barb, you know, you're getting older. And you know when, you're, now that divine health was cool. You know, when you were in, and, and really, I've been walking in divine, I, I was saved when I was 30. And so I've been walking in divine health ever since then. I'm thinking to myself, listen, I've been, I did it last year. What's wrong with this year all of a sudden? You understand what I'm saying? And so if you don't give your soul over to the control of God to hold your soul in life, and constantly pump life back into you and pump life back into your mind and pump life back into your thoughts and pump life into your expectations. The enemy will grab onto those things as he sees you going forward and running for God and want to do all the things that God wants you to do. He'll grab onto those snares. I used to have a, when I was in Cleveland, lived in Cleveland before I moved to Detroit with my late husband for 10 years. And it looked like every seven years, the devil would come and try to take my life. He'd done that since I was a kid. And one day, I just had enough of it. And I said, this is the last time. In fact, (laughs) when (laughs) my poor husband was alive, he would tell me things like, like, you know, Ricky would tell Lucy, Bob, you got some splaining to do. You understand? He was, you're always in trouble. That's what he would tell me. And so my car was found with my person, and they thought I was carjacked. And all of the policemen, I had policemen living, and my neighbors were policemen, and they were had cars looking for the victim. <laughs> so they had told my husband that somebody thought I was carjacked, and he said, listen, she ain't carjacked. <laughs> she 
I don't know where she is, but she ain't carjacked. They say whoever tried to carjack her is, you know, you got some splaining to do, Barb. Huh? And so, of course, I wasn't carjacked. But when I got there, the policeman who who brought me to the police, I go down the police station in a squad car, the whole nine yards. Embarrassed. All my husband was was embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? She's not carjacked. She's somewhere. She's going to walk in here. And certainly I walked in there. And when I came in there, the policeman who brought me in looked at another policeman and he says, is that her? And they said, yes, that's her. Is she hurt? No, she's not. And it, that scene had played over and over in my life all my life. Somebody would find me. I was locked in a refrigerator when I was young. My dad came and opened the door, and there I was. Is this her? Yes, this is here. her. She's still. And this gets played over like every seven years. It's like an old record. When I moved back to Cleveland, the devil, that familiar death spirit, started to speak to me again. You know, you're not as young as you used to be. You could have the same thing, but a different scenario. And so the Lord told me, he said, I need to repair your soul. He said, I got to get rid of that thing once and for all from you. That you're dead and you're gone and then you pop up alive. He said, that's not going to happen to you anymore. You understand me? The enemy's not going to get you over into that thing where you are teetering between life. and I hold your soul in life. He said, let me have it and you won't have that anymore in life. You just have me. You'll have eternal life. You'll be invincible over all the plots of the enemy, over all the plans of the enemy. That's what he wants for us, folks. That's what he wants for all of us. He wants us because we're dangerous people. Remember that. Let it get in your spirit and let that begin to stir you up to understand who you are. You're a threat. You're a threat to the enemy. You're a threat to these spirits that want to control the schools, that want to have bathrooms for people who can't make up their mind if they're male or female. Come on now, you don't, you don't want your kids running into that. But the enemy is trying to mix and mingle and tell us that we're bad people if we don't tolerate that. There's no tolerance in our kingdom. There's only love. And love never fails. Love will win over sin every single time. If we'll learn how to freely operate in the love of God. God wants to do a work in us, folks, and it's done at the communion table. Miss Nola, why don't you get everything passed out? <clears throat> I think I've told you everything God wants me to tell you. Amos 9.13 is our season because and it's really a shift in the way we're going to view God, his kingdom, his kingdom work, everything that goes on in this season. I'm going to give you a few things that he told me about it. The Amos 9.13 season, God will exceed all you expect. He will increase all you invest. He will accelerate time to accomplish his kingdom purpose in you. This is your personal season. The condition is you must surrender all. You will encounter greater favor. You will have greater faith. 
you'll see everything within reach for you. It won't be a confession until you feel like it's coming toward you. It will be within reach. You'll have greater focus. He will amplify the volume of his word in us. This will be a season of the confirmed, 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 confirmed word. And why do I say that? The days when we we would say things like uh, when somebody gives you a prophecy and you're scared they're going to get the big head if you get excited about it because you really do feel excited about it on the inside. You say stuff like, oh, it was just a confirmation. Oh, no, y'all never did that. I'm real sorry. It was just a confirmation. There's no such thing as just a confirmation. When God speaks to you, it's for a purpose. It doesn't just confirm something you already know. This isn't a game where we're trying to figure out who knows the most. This is your life. And we're going to live in such a place where the word must be confirmed to us over and over and over again. Or we're not going to know. We're not going to be sure it's God. Because the enemy will try as he does to steal the word away from us. And try as he does to take the meaning of what God wants to do away. He's always stealing. So just as you God sees you losing ground on what he gave you, he's going to come back with the word again to confirm and confirm and reconfirm. Yes, I'm still going to do that. Yes, I'm still. I'm making it easy for you to believe me with the confirmed, confirmed word. So don't insult anybody or hurt your own feelings by saying it's just a confirmation. Nothing God says is just. His words are life-changing. One word from God will change your whole way of looking at things, your whole destiny. So learn how to appreciate prophecy. Don't despise it. Learn how to appreciate that God confirmed his word to me. He still wants to do it. How many of you have been discouraged and lost heart because it takes too long to get stuff? Well, it's not going to hurt you like that anymore because he'll confirm it to you over and over and over again. You'll embark on a greater future. You'll have greater focus. God will amplify his word in us. He makes room for himself in your heart. You'll enjoy greater fulfillment. Before you can move into a new season, a a new season must move into you. The changes God will make, he will resolve your inner conflict. One of the things God showed me is that when I resolve not to like anybody like that again, it was because there was too much inside of me that was conflict. I didn't want to be hurt. I didn't want to have another husband. This one died. What, you know, all that stuff. You don't want to go through that. And so we protect ourselves by making a promise to ourselves, what we preachers and psychiatrists call the inner vow. I swear in myself that I'm never going to love nobody again because I don't want to be hurt again. Now, how many people have done that? You know, we just we do it all the time. Your human soul will vow to yourself not to do the very thing God wants to bring into your life to heal you and make you whole. That's where the turmoil comes in. And God wants us out of turmoil. He wants us out of pain. You can't vow to do something yourself because you can't keep your own word to yourself. You got no power to keep a vow.
you know, you get emotionally caught up in things and you foul yourself clicking like and making a comment. You got me? When you vowed you would never click like and make a comment. Amen? And so, <laughs> you know, you have no power to keep these things. You know, we always got loopholes. You know, the Lord told me, he said, Barb, I want you to get rid of that list you got. Said, what list? I don't have no list. He said, that list you had in your mind. I said, all your life. In other words, I ain't going to like nobody no more. But just in case I do. <laughs> See, she know what I'm talking about. Here's a list. He said, let's get rid of that list. I said, God, I know I had a list. He said, I've been watching that list. He said, in fact, you got money on that list at least three times. You know what I told him? I said, I didn't do that. Tony did that. My nephew. Tony put that on there. He said, no, he didn't because the first one is in crayon. He said, you've been wanting money ever since you knew what money was. Get rid of the list. Huh? If you're going to keep a vow to God, you got to have total, get them total freedom to do what needs to be done in your life. I'm not saying God, you know, is going to get me married. I don't, we ain't got that far yet. I'm enjoying getting healed though. I'll tell you that much. I'm very much enjoying my time in the Lord to be healed. I don't care about what's coming next. I'm just enjoying the now because I know the next is going to be even better. So I'm not concerned about it. Amen. The changes God will make, he will resolve these inner conflicts and bring us into his will for us. His will, only his will. And that is the image of Christ. He owes that to us. That's part of the covenant blessing that we be conformed to the image of Christ. See, that's, that's his goal. His goal is not that we have a big ministry or that we have an end time transfer of wealth. You know, that left so long ago, I was looking, I said, that money, oh, do they know that? Huh? That one, that train left. But the Amos 9.13 is for you. See, that's for the real people who understand. They who know their God, huh, will be mighty and do exploits. You expect the favor of God to fall into your life every day. Every day. There's not a day that I'm not blessed. I'm not waiting on it to happen when a prophet so-and-so on TV says the end time is his gun is being transferred. Uh-uh. I get mine right now. You know, I'm getting mine right now. Throw a gun up somebody. Oops, wrong movie. It's wrong meeting. <laughs> when we're conformed to his image, we're not easily offended because your soul won't be fragmented. It'll be whole. Somebody cuss you out, you keep loving them. Huh? Slap you in the face, you keep loving them. You keep coming and you keep coming in. The image of Christ. What would Jesus do? He'd tough it out. Amen? For the glory of God. We will be made whole. We'll have greater trust in, in Christ because we'll know Jesus as our groom, the one who adorns us, the one, the only one that we have to please. We'll be secure in our faith and knowledge of his love for us personally. This is a personal thing. You can tell when people are loved, they have a certain air about them. They have a certain dignity. Love gives you a dignity. And that's what God's going to bring to his bride in the earth. We won't be persecuted, laughed at, taken to court, 
sued because we don't want to make a wedding cake with two men or two women on it. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not going to be that person. We're going to be the dignified bride, full of power, full of might, and scaring the devil so that he's scared to even mention a name to call us. Hater. You don't love us. You're not Christians. How could Christians act like that? People who are, are, are in the homosexual community claim to be in churches that they, they tell them different things to do. You know, they, they claim to be Christians. I was listening to a woman's testimony, a, a very dear sister, uh, who was delivered out of a, a homosexual lifestyle and just a degraded lifestyle. And she said that she was in the word and loving God and going to a gay church. She said, and they would give them scriptures. They called them clobber scriptures. Yeah, you clobber Christians over the head with these. And they made them memorize them. They made them memorize arguments that they give to. And it's the same ones they ask all the big preachers on television. Do you think homosexuality? Yeah, so does God. What I think about is not as important as what he thinks about it. Do you understand me? And so what they've done is they've clobbered the people of God. Well, did God said that's going to be no more. No more. He's done with that. He said, you won't be afraid to speak up for me because you think you'll leave, lose half your TV audience and half your budget for the year. He said, you'll care less about your budget for the year. I'm your budget. You got me? As long as you please me, I'm your budget. Amen? And so God is going to do this work for us. He told me to tell you it's time. He said, the only thing you have to say is I'm willing. Let's do it. It's okay, God. Have your way, Lord. So if you're saying have your way, Lord, the way to make that transfer is at the communion table where you exchange your weakness, whatever God sees that needs fixing, you exchange that for his strength. You sit across the table from him and you counsel with him. And you say, Lord, I'm willing. I want to go into this next move of God, invincible, unstoppable, Somebody who has to be a force to be reckoned with. Heaven, earth, and under the earth. Under the earth is going to bow to me. They're not going to try to fight me on everything. I'll go through things, not around things all the time, not have things laid on me. But I will be invincible in you, and I want that. And so if that's where you're at and that's what you want, then we're going to take the communion table. The Lord said, this is my body broken for you. Thanks, Becky. We'll eat the bread, his broken body, to heal yours, to make you whole, to make your soul whole. Jesus suffered many things in our place, and he, he comes now to make it real. Our reality won't be a doctrine that we pick up and put it on our life like a Band-Aid to kind of fix it. It'll be real. We're going to go from doctrine to relationship and reality now. When you say that Calvary is a finished work, he's going to finish it in you. It won't be something to say so you look smarter than the person that's not saying it. 
Huh? Isn't that what we do? We debate each other with our little pet phrases we pick up from people, all that kind of stuff. We're going to go from from doctrine to relationship to reality. You're going to know it's a finished work because he's completed you. He's conformed you to his image. You're not limping anymore. You're not winting anymore. No, that's me. (laughs) They were healed as they went. You know, I fell and and hurt my knee, and I said, I'm winting. And then one day I thought to myself, I've been winting for two years. It's time to get healed. When are you going to stop winting? And so, you know, we don't have to wint anymore. We can receive our healing from the Lord. We don't have to say, well, I'm winting, and I'm, I'm in the word, and I'm confessing the word, and I'm believing God. You'll receive it. You got me? Quit dancing around it and receive it. And that's what God wants for us. People in the early church were healed instantly. You know why they threw the Christians to the lions? Because if they just stabbed them or something, they look around, they walking around on the street again. Oh, yeah. You think the ones we read about are the only ones raised from the dead? Caesar was scared of Christians. He said, we better throw them to the lions because all the, the lions are going to have to devour them because if they don't, they'll lay hands on each other and they'll be right back out here again doing the same thing. Hmm? And so we're going to drink the cup, his blood, hallelujah, shed for us. Total payment for the atonement, everything that we need. So drink the cup in remembrance of him. And what Jesus did for us. He paid a mighty price. Amen. And he wants to make his bride whole. He doesn't like us being a laughing stock. He doesn't like us limping. He doesn't like us doing any of the things that hinder us and keep us from going forward. He wants us 100% whole. And so I'm very thankful that the Lord has given me whatever I had I gave you. Gave you my best shot. Amen. That God wanted me to share with you what he has coming for us in this coming age. And we will wear the end time anointing. We are the bride of the end of the age. Amen. We are that bride. And we have everything that the Lord has for us. And we'll do that. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Kelly Cruz, you want to come up here, woman of God, and we're going to allow you to minister some. Um, there are some ministers here tonight, and, and um, I just uh, told a couple of them that you would be able to minister to them. If we can have some music, Prophet Waller, why don't you come too? And we'll have a time of prophetic ministry with these two. Uh, we'll do that probably for about 15 or 20 minutes. And uh, let me get some, um, Will Howard, can I have some microphones for them, please? And Yeah, praise God. Amen. They work together here a little bit. And, you know, whoever you want to call up to prophesy to. How are Russian friends doing? Good. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. I did promise them no old jokes, but I told a couple of old jokes. So forgive me. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. You turn me off. Turn them off. Amen. 
Amen. I'm excited. Um, I love Amos 9 and 13, especially in the Message Bible. And it, it just talks about how the blessings will overtake you. And it kind of reminds me of um, Psalm 23 where it says, Goodness and mercy shall follow you. So overtaking is a, it's a running you down, running you over. If you're, you know, if you have a child who you're in Target or Walmart and they run into the back of your heels, it says it'll continuously hit the back of your heels. And the blessing that is coming, that God is releasing in this year, I'm already experiencing it myself. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so if you believe it, I want you to just look at somebody and, and tell somebody next to you, it, the, the season of, of the, the makeshift is over. And this year my permanent is being released to me. Amen. This is the year of the permanent overflow, the permanent blessing, permanent purpose. Amen. Permanent advancement, permanent uh, release of finances, permanent is coming to your household. Amen. Permanent relationships that things that will not be taken from you anymore, but God is releasing you into this moment where it is not just uh, a something that is coming to that is going to be taken away amen it's not a temporary season of your life anymore and it is coming to make uh, make room you have to make room for the permanent amen come on how many of you need a permanent a permanent fix in your life it can't be removed the enemy can no longer come and snatch it from me amen Oh, hallelujah. Tell somebody in your row, it's permanent. It's permanent. It, it's here to stay. Oh, hallelujah. It's not leaving my life. Hallelujah. Yes. Hello. Amen. Listen. I heard the word Lord saying, even concerning you. I saw you in the realm of the spirit. I heard the word Lord say this to you. Say this for me to tell you. That I'm even giving you a property. I'm giving you a land. Hey, Lord, say even the thing about the women's home and the things concerning women. The Lord says, I'm getting ready to connect you with the right people, says the Lord. And the Lord says, I'm healing you of some hurt. It looks like a father in ministry that you trust. I don't know all what this is about, but I'm just saying what the Lord told me to tell you. He's bringing hurt. And God says, uh, I'm bringing validation to your ministry where others mocked and said she wasn't called. God did not send her. God said, this season, I'm validating. I'm, I'm validating you with my word, with my presence, with resources, says Lord. God says, get ready, daughter. I'm well pleased with you. You've been in the cave long enough, but I hear God say this night, I'm setting you on a, on a city on a hill. That you shall be seen, says the Lord. And you will not be seen for your glory, but you'll be seen for my glory, says the Lord. And when you go home, things are going to be different. Things are going to be different. I, 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 I see you at home and I see you crying before God concerning even, um, I'm, I'm seeing some things even about slothfulness and people that surround you that are slothful, not doing things. God says, I'm going to pick up speed. I'm going to send those in. God say, laborers, 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 laborers. Laborers are coming. And there'll be a, a multicultural sound that shall come from your ministry, says the Lord. 
and Lord says this also to you. I'm sending you here to refresh, to restore, and renew you in this season, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Can can you come? There, and the young lady in the in the blue pants, please. Yes, please come. Amen. Can you two come? Right here, you two. May I minister to you? Yes. Amen. I hear the Lord say, uh, He says, I've, uh, your placement in the earth is peculiar. You have peculiar placement in the earth. Even uh, the location of your ministry is a little peculiar. Uh, and and when, sometimes when you look around, you say, God, uh, where, what am I supposed to do with this? Land, Amen. But as the prophet said, expansion is coming. Amen. But I hear the Lord say today, he says, I've put you in a peculiar place because you are a one that is, you're, you're like a, a, oh, what am I trying to, there's a, there's something, a specific word I'm trying to think of right now. Um, uh, what's that? A, a chameleon. You know how they change colors? And I hear the Lord say, he says, you're like a chameleon because you're adaptable. So anything you run into, you can adapt to the environment. And I hear the Lord say, because of your adaptability, there's about to be a release of elevation in your life. Oh, hallelujah. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, open your mouth with greater boldness. Oh, hallelujah. I hear the Lord say, let everything go that has held you back for so long. I hear God say, you fit into the puzzle woman of God. I hear the Lord say, I've I've cut you, I, I've uh, made you a cookie cutter piece for the puzzle. Oh, hallelujah. And I hear God say, you fit well. Oh, hallelujah. God, I thank you, Lord, for the fresh, I hear the Lord say, uh, literally, a fresh wind is blowing around you. There's fresh wind coming. He said, not just from the north, not just from the south, but from the north, the south, the east, in the west it's hitting you all at one time oh hallelujah release in Jesus name hallelujah I hear the Lord saying he says uh, faithful daughter faithful daughter faithful daughter faithful daughter and I hear God say stop looking at yourself the way you do Oh, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. He says, stop looking at yourself the way you do. I want you to just lift your hands all the way up in the air. Because he says, even, uh, he says, you're tall in stature. If I take my heels off, I'm short. Amen? But he says, you don't have to put my shoes back on. But he says, you're tall in stature. And he says, but I've made you, I've just made you taller. I hear God say, you're about to reach new heights. Even even in your personal uh, personal position says God and I hear God say stop stop looking at the past three and a half to four years and, and I hear the Lord say he says because right now I'm shifting everything in a direction that is going to work for you I hear the Lord say to tell you the rest of this year it will take you into a new territory and I hear the Lord say it will work everything you're working on right now it is working in your favor it is working in your favor it is working in your favor 
favor and I hear the Lord say, I put you in position now. Uh, my spirit is on you. You just say, God, give me more of you. That's what you say to him all the time. Give me more of you. And I hear the Lord say, you're an example to your family around you. There are two people that watch you. Oh, Rahosa. And I hear God say tonight, he says, daughter, you're a beacon of light for those two people. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God, I heard the word Lord say unto you. Doors and resources. Doors and resources. And God says, I'm getting ready to open some doors. I see something in California. I see something in Texas. I'm seeing favor. I'm seeing God putting you amongst some major people. I'm seeing some things that the Lord's giving you. And the Lord say, this is a season, son. I'm getting ready to bring it to pass. I'm bringing it to pass. The Lord says, son, I'm well pleased with you. And there's a mantle that dropped on you. And the Lord says, son, know this season. I'm giving you favor and high place. I see curriculum. I see, I see doors expanding. 
God says, watch and see what I'm going to do, says the Lord. This is the day, this is the season, says the Lord, that favor shall overtake thee. Favor shall overtake case. Favor shall overtake thee. And God says, I, I, I release unto you a greater wisdom, a greater wisdom of authority, a greater revelation of wisdom, wisdom, understanding. Yeah, you're going to flow, teacher. Yeah, you're going to flow, teacher. And God says, I, 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 I see you in, 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 in ministries. I see you in schools. I see you do, doing things out of the box, the Lord says. But know that I'm with you. Ha! And you shall see my hand, says the Lord. I hear the Lord even saying unto you, lift your hands. Lift your hands. I'm restoring. Even some things that happened to you about four to five years ago. God say, even financial losses, the Lord says, I'm restoring you. And I, is there some kind of business you're in? Because I see, I, I see some, I see some, are you in some kind of business or something? Yeah, but you will be because I see property. And I see you owning property, says the Lord. And the Lord say, be not afraid to step out in this season. God say, move out of the comfort zone and begin to move those things that I've called you to. And the Lord says that even there's an evangelical anointing on your life. And God said, I'm going to give you a ministry to hurting women and, 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 and girls, says the Lord. And God says, I'm increasing your prayer time and, and your time before me because there's some things I'm going to do in your life. And God says, I'm breaking, I'm breaking some things. I'm breaking some things. I'm breaking some cycles. I'm breaking some things. And I'm bringing you into a new season, says the Lord. Because God said, this will be the season you shall laugh. You shall have joy like never before, says the Lord. And there's a move coming. There's a move coming. And God says, when the move comes, I'm going to tell you. And everything in this move will be there when you move. Amen. Yes. 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 Hear the word of the Lord saying, even unto you, woman of God. I'm giving you to nations. I'm giving you to people. And the Lord says, I'm going to cause even you even to start a revival in the I see the souls I see the people and God says the place where you're at it shall it shall extend because God says I'm getting ready to, I, I'm sitting in my army and you're going to be one that's going to pour in says the Lord God says get ready go say love and you shall flow in signs and wonders, says the Lord. Your ministry will not just be of a ministry, just to say that we got a ministry, but God says signs and wonders shall follow. Hey. Signs and wonders shall follow, says the Lord. We release and we seal this word to her in Jesus, whoo, Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. I just want to say something to this couple here. When you go back home, it's going to be different. (laughs) When you go back home, that which was looked like scarcity 
God says I'm going to turn into abundance. Yeah. God said, God said, the vision I did give you, man of God. Oh, yeah. It was from him. You know, many times and you sit and you look and you say, Lord, it, this is not enough for what I uh, what, what, what you what you've been speaking to me, what you've been showing me. But God says I'm sending a new group. Yeah, it's like you've been one that some of the people that's been around you. You've been like Moses trying to take them into the promised land, but they want to stay in the wilderness and the desert. But God says I'm sending new people. And, and, and I don't know what, know what anything about the denomination or whatever thing, anything, but God said, you, you're, you're not a denomination. You, 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 you're different. There's apostles.